Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Stephen McDonald. From it is finished on Friday to he is risen on Sunday, Easter is finally here. Welcome to all of you to our Calvary Church Easter celebration. So great to see everybody here today in one of our five different services, two in our main campus, two in our Mandarin campus, and our live Easter broadcast uh, for those of you that are joining us online. You know, this is one of the biggest weekend parties of the year for us, so we are very excited that you've joined us. I'd like to take a, a, a moment and say a special hello to all of you joining us online, either on our live broadcast uh, or maybe later on our podcast. Uh, please say hello in the chat. Let us know where you're uh, tuning in from. And so whether you're here in the house or somewhere around the world, we're so glad that you've joined us today to celebrate Easter. Now, if you're new to, uh, to today's broadcast or you're new to the church, uh, which I know some of you are because you've been invited as a, as a guest on Easter. My name is Steve, and I'm the lead pastor here at Calvary Church. And you know what? It's very important to me and to all of our team that you feel at home today, that you feel welcome. So we want to welcome you if you let us know that you're joining us for the first time. And if you're here in the house, fill out one of the blue cards, the welcome home cards. And we want to get you a gift just to, uh, to say thank you for, for being with us. You know, I believe that, that two of the most important events in human history are Christ's death and his resurrection. Billy Graham once said that without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. You see, God sent his son to save the human race from self-destruction, to restore and to redeem us. Now, from where I stand, that's extremely good news. And the road to Easter, the the road to Calvary's cross led to resurrection life, which is what today we are celebrating together. You know, ultimately, his story is the story that all the other stories throughout scriptures has been pointing to. And over the last month leading up to Easter, we've been spending some, some quality time in the Gospel of John. Uh, with our Come and See message series. And throughout the interactions of Jesus with other people during his earthly ministry, we can be mentored by the Master in the very day that we're living in. And you know what? Jesus was many things to many people. As we walked through this book together, we saw that. To the skeptic like Nathaniel, Jesus was the one and only answer. To the religious like Nicodemus, he was relational hope. To the thirsty, like the Samaritan woman, he was living water that just continued to flow. And to the dead man, like Lazarus, he was new life. And to all of us, he is the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, as Jesus spoke these words, the, the vines were filled with ripened fruit, much like some of the vineyards here in beautiful British Columbia. 
You know, growing up for me, <laughs> I was convinced my mother had wired me every day before I went to school to somehow monitor what I was doing because it seemed like no matter where I went, no matter what I did or what I said, somehow my mother would find out about it. I don't know what it is about moms, but they're, they're keenly in tune <laughs> with their children. And so if something happened at school and I thought I could get away with it, it didn't last long because by the time I got home, I knew because of the look on her face that, that I was in trouble, that something that I had said or done did not impress her. And so finally one day I said, how do you know that I did something? Like, how is that even possible? And she said, oh, I know. I can, I can see I'm everywhere. She said, I heard it through the grapevine. In other words, she was saying I'm connected. She was connected to all the other moms, to the teachers, to her friends and neighbors. They all would talk to one another and she was connected. So any kind of talk of the, the, the grapevine or the vine was something that wasn't something that, that I really uh, appreciated, at least back in those days. But in Jesus' day, his listeners understood the significance of the vine, the significance of the fact that, that the dependency of the branches had, had to, to be tied in to that source of, of nutrition and water. They needed to stay connected. And so Jesus describes himself as the vine for a reason, because he's our source of life, life today and life eternal. Now, my prayer for each of you today on this Easter would be that this would be more than a, a holiday or an event that we celebrate. I want you to, to take hold of the, the, the true depth of its meaning and significance so that it will be something that you experience, not just something that you attend or, or, or are a part of with other people. So I had this kind of simple thought that I hope will be profound in its impact in your life, and that is that when you think about this holiday, when you think about what we're celebrating today, that there's two very distinct components to it all. There's the Good Friday experience, which we've come through when we celebrate the cross and its eternal meaning uh, in our lives. And then there's the Sunday. It's today, Easter Sunday, where we celebrate his resurrection. And when you combine the two, I think we have a more complete picture of what Easter should be or could be and represent in our lives. But again, here's my simple thought. I think many people identify with the Friday part more than they do with the Sunday side of it all. In other words, all of us have committed sins in our lives and we understand that sin comes with a heavy price. And the Friday part of it all was when Jesus did something for us that nobody else could ever do for us. He took on the penalty for our sin. And our sin, that, that penalty, it must be paid for. And so Jesus stepped in and did that for us. Because that sin comes with a, a heavy-duty price tag, and that price is death, and a life had to be given to take care of it. And so what God decided to do was to have his son step into the, the courtroom of your life, because he really doesn't want you to, to die. He took your sentence and basically said, listen, I'll pay the bill for you. So it wasn't just a display of, of love, which it was, and it wasn't just a display of, of power, which it was, but it was still more. 
You see, he was conducting a transaction, a transaction that needed to take place. And I think it's important to understand that that hell isn't this place where God sends people that he's upset with and ticked off at. He just sends them there. You see, hell's a place where people just choose to pay their own bill. But you don't have to, right? It would be ridiculous to try and pay for your own bill once it's already been paid for. You know, where I was brought up in eastern Canada, uh, there was a pastor in our city, very generous pastor, who many people, not just, wasn't just my experience, many people uh, had this same experience, that if you happened to be at the same restaurant as this pastor and his wife and they saw you, chances are that by the time it, it came for you to pay the bill, the waiter would come over and say, uh, it's already been paid for. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Well, the gentleman on the far side of the restaurant has already taken care of it. He's already paid for it. And yet time and time again, I talk to people and they say, that happened to us. That happened to us. It's already been paid for. So powerful. And Jesus has already paid the, the bill for our sin. And we need to know that. Now, you don't have to join a certain kind of church to get in on this. He only asks one thing of you, and that's this. Since he gave his life fully to you, he wants you to give your life fully to him. That's so important. That's all there is to it. He wasn't looking for you to, to join a certain denomination or to follow a certain set of rules or regulations that men have added to the gospel. He wasn't looking for that at all. He just wants to be your very best friend. He wants you to give your life to him so that, so that today, before you leave, you can make a change. You can make a decision that causes you to be going in one direction and now to be going in a completely different direction. He wants you to experience the power of what that's all about, to know that you can walk from darkness into light. You can go from hopelessness into a place of hope. But again, he wants you to, to, to give your life to him. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that kind of struck me. If Friday was so complete in what it represented and so powerful, if Friday took care of everything that we need, why do we even need this Sunday, this resurrection day? Why didn't he just die and pay the price once and for all? Well, here's an important question. Why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? Well, there's a number of answers to that question, but one very important one is to prove he really is who he claimed to be. See, it's one thing to make claims boldly. It's another thing altogether to back them up. He is not dead. He's alive. No other wannabe God has ever done that or, or claimed that and followed through. He is alive. That's why we're here today to celebrate. And the truth is, many people who weren't even Christians back in the day testified that they saw Jesus after his death. In fact, even extra-biblical recorded history, they, they document that more than 400 people saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. The book of Acts talks about it in Acts 1, verse 3. It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
Now, here's another important reason why he needed to rise from the dead that that today I actually kind of want to focus on a little bit more. Many of you have experienced the power of the cross, what Good Friday represents in your life. But there's another reality that I kind of want to shine some light on today, and that's this, that Jesus rose from the dead to conquer death for himself and for you and I. You see, my concern is that we don't just come together and celebrate this historical event called Easter, even though it's very important. Because there's so much more to this day than just a historical account. Easter provides the the resurrection power for you to come alive as well. He conquered death for you too. Now let me show you where he actually says that in Scripture. And this is another I am statement. And this one is in the book of Revelation. After his resurrection, he appears to one of his disciples, to John, and he writes it in this book. Revelation 1.18 says, I am he who lives and was dead. Past tense. Was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And then he says, amen. I mean, you know you're preaching good when you amen yourself. But Jesus says, amen. And I have the keys of Hades, or hell and death. Now think about this. Every week of our lives, I don't know about you, but there's quite often a time when I lose my keys, like keys to my office or to the car or to the house. And so you may have this nice car and this beautiful house, but if you've lost the key, you've lost control of your ability to be able to enjoy those things. You see, the devil is so defeated that he doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore. He lost control of it. Between Friday and Sunday, Jesus took the keys of hell. Now that's significant. Why? Because we know the keys unlock something, right? In other words, Jesus was saying, I was resurrected so that I could possess the power to unlock death and give life to everyone. Now that's very important to to consider because there's a lot of people, I think, who have experienced Good Friday. They've understood what, what salvation is all about. They know that because they believe in Christ that they're going to heaven. Uh, and they understand what he did on the cross. But many of those same people are still walking around uh, miserable. They're still living in destruction and, and death, not abiding in the vine. You see, they're disconnected from that true source of life, that resurrection life. You've had the Friday understanding or experience, but you've only celebrated Easter as merely a holiday and never experienced his power in your life on a daily basis because that resurrection life was designed to be in operation within you each and every day. And as the the branches, we become sometimes disconnected from, from the vine, from that abiding relationship, from the true source of life. That's why all throughout the New Testament, the Bible doesn't just want you to get saved. It doesn't just want you to become a a member of a church. It doesn't just want you to believe. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.10. He says, I want you to know Christ. That's that Friday experience. But then he says, and the power of his resurrection. That's what today, this Easter Sunday, represents. You see, these are the two important components to Easter. And I want each of you to experience them both. 
Which leads us to a couple of important personal questions that, that I want you to consider as we close today. The first question is, do you know Christ? Have you experienced that Friday moment yet? And if you haven't, you can today before you leave. You see, in one moment, it's like we talked about, things can change in your life. You can move out of confusion into the clarity of knowing that you were created with a great purpose. The old version of you is no more. With one simple decision, you can reverse the path that you've been on and go from death back to life and experience the reality of Good Friday. I love the way C.S. Lewis said it in the Chronicles of Narnia when he said, Easter is death working backwards. And if you've never had that Good Friday experience where you know that your sins are forgiven, then everything about this day has been designed just for you. You can know that today. But I want to give you that opportunity. Even as we close today's service, I want you to, to know that. But for many of you, you have that relationship. But, but perhaps you haven't experienced what today truly represents. And so I want to make sure everyone is covered. The second question for you is, do you know the power of his resurrection? Are you connected to the vine? Is your life filled with his life. In other words, so after you gave your heart to Jesus, did you allow his resurrection life to, to come into your life and to confront all the, the dead areas of who you are? Are you abiding in him, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your finances, your health, spiritually and physically? He wants all the parts of who you are that, that maybe are dead or dying to come to life through your connection to the vine. You know, over the years, I've heard many people say, I love Jesus, but I'm still struggling in my relationships. I love Jesus, but my marriage is, is, is a mess. My health is a mess. I, I love Jesus, but I think I've made may, way too many mistakes for him to use me in any way. You know what? We've got to change our thinking because that is not the gospel. The truth is, is you, if you've experienced the power of Good Friday, don't stop there. Allow the resurrection power of, of Easter Sunday to fill every struggling, dying part of your life and experience the power of the great I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the vine. You see, when we're connected and abiding in the vine, experiencing his resurrection life, every one of those I am's become available to me in my life. Now, I wanna give you another scripture that's not in the notes, but, but it would, it's a great way for us to, to kind of close today. First Peter 1, verse three says, "'Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.'" In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Today, if there's a 
just a part of you that's, that your heart is kind of beating through your chest and you know, I need to know that living hope today, Pastor Steve. I, I need to know on this Easter that, that my sins are forgiven. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. I want to also pray for all of you that, that have prayed that prayer, perhaps, but are missing that connection with the vine. You're, you're missing the, 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 the resurrection life that needs to be in you. If either one of you, either one of those categories describes you, then this is your moment. This is the day that God has ordained for your life to change. So today, let me just pray for those of you that, that say, I need to know him. And you just need to pray this simple prayer with me. Father God, I thank you for sending your son to die on a cross to take care of my sin, to forgive me of that sin, to put me on a new path. I ask today that you would come into my heart, that you would be my Lord and Savior and help me to live in the power of what you've called me to and to proclaim the same truth that has changed me to those in the world around me. And for those of you that have prayed that prayer, I pray today would be a, an opportunity for you to experience the power of that resurrection life, that you would be connected to him as the source of life, that we would abide in the vine, that we would stay connected and close to you as we walk in what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Happy Easter, Calvary, to all of you. Have an amazing week and enjoy your today with uh, family and friends as you celebrate Easter together.